What's up, gamers? I'm Tori Dominguez-Peak. And I'm Noah Hertz. And welcome to Press Start. Wait, hold on. We didn't let Nathaniel say his name. Nathaniel, no! <laughs> Sorry, I was like on my grind. Yeah, yeah. Every time it's the three of us, this happens. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Nathaniel, introduce, say your name quick. Quick. I'm Nathaniel Wilson. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> and welcome to Press Start. Hey, Zelda. Um, hey, everyone's everyone's talking about it. Most gaming podcasts are talking about it. Most people if you, are playing it. If you pull up your friends list on your Switch, every person is playing this game. Yeah. Uh, except for my friend Vic, who has been playing Pokemon Scarlet every single day uh, for the past three weeks. That is my, my unemployed friend on a Tuesday. Uh, shout out to Vic. You were truly on that so on that Pokemon Scarlet grind. I have no choice but to stand. Yeah, this is this is the game. This is the game, y'all. Uh, what what are we thinking? What are like? Well, first of all, I think we're thinking we're about to talk about this and only this for about ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, this will be our new Persona Three. There's going to be weekly updates, and then we're going to have like another deep dive. Probably when we're all done with this. Um, but first, how did we all obtain this game? Did we do a physical? Did we do a digital download? Did someone shemulate? Uh, how did we all obtain this game? Nathaniel, can how about you start? Because Tori and I talked about this last week a bit. Also, welcome to the show, Nathaniel, as per usual. Hello. Thank you. I have a digital copy. I have zero physical games on my switch like every single game that i have on my switch is wow. uh digital which was like a decision i made when i bought my switch i was like what if we did this like this and i'm i'm kind okay. of regretting it because tears of the kingdom is really making me want to get an oled switch because i'm playing so much more handheld than i am docked and i want the bigger nicer brighter screen mm -hmm. um and then I'll want two switches, and then there's like weirdness with having having two switches on one account and digital games, but blah blah blah. But I have a digital copy. Um, it I got it with the vouchers. Mm -hmm. I talked about that. And when I got home from work on the twelfth at like seven in the morning, I went to see if it was downloaded, and my switch was dead. Oh, and so I had to no. I had to wait for it to charge. So I just plugged yeah, it in okay. and went to bed. Because those things take so long to turn on from dead. Yeah. It is no, they, crazy they how long hours. those motherfuckers take to turn on from dead. Yeah. Yeah. But I got into it when I got up and 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 I'm I'm still in it. Noah, I know you got the day before. Absolute, absolute madman. Shout out to uh, a video game store that is not far from where I live that was selling it like twelve hours earlier than they probably should have been. So I I was able to kind of, it was very strange. I was able to start playing this game like immediate, like a few hours before everybody else online was talking about it. But I mean, I work a nine to five. So it was like by the time I got home after work Friday, because I worked late Friday, by the time I got home, it was like everyone on the internet had already passed me. And I was like, ah, oh, damn, everyone's already off the big island at the beginning and I'm still on the big island at the beginning, you know? <laughs> Yeah. But um yeah, I have a physical copy. I try to buy physical copies of games when I can get them. And Same. I even though physical copies, especially Switch games nowadays, are a flimsy piece of plastic 
a paper sleeve that is stuck in it to be the cover art and then you open it up and there's nothing except an sd card sized cartridge so like it's not like i got any bells and whistles but yeah honestly i i have to say that it bothers me when i look at my friends list and for myself and everyone who's playing it it says but started playing this game six days ago and then for noah it says started playing seven days ago i have to say does that's it frustrating really? <laughs> it does you're a little bothered you're a little peeved that's so funny yes that's hilarious oh so because i'm a true gamer with a capital g i stood outside a line at gamestop at 11 p.m what was and... that experience like i haven't gone to a midnight release for a game since like 2008 oh my god it was so much fun it was like those harry potter like release days when we were kids it was I was at a line at a GameStop in a relatively small suburb. I didn't even go to like the, a GameStop in Durham, you know, like a, a big, like an official city one. Um, I went to one in a, a suburb of, you know, of, you know, where I live and um, the line was 200 people. This is a strip mall where the GameStop mm -hmm. shares a wall with the Smoothie King. Like this is not <laughs> like a big place at all. And there was 200 people and they had trivia. If you want trivia Aww. questions, you get discounts. And so I, I correctly answered the question, how many Korok seeds are there uh, in Breath of the Wild? And I got 15% off. How many are there? 999. Wow. Not really? That's crazy. Yeah, no, no shit. Like, there, there are. Wow. Um, and I, I got a little discount on my game and picked it up. Uh, I, was, I stood in that line till 1 in the morning. I picked it up. <laughs> Uh, I got home, I played like the opening cutscene and then passed out. Um, it was so great. People there were so hype. Uh, people that were so hype. It was mm -hmm. a really fun atmosphere. Someone brought their dog to GameStop. <laughs> um, don't know why you bring your dog at GameStop at 11 p.m., but you know, we all live different lives, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it takes all the, types, you know? It takes the all only types. thing that pissed me off. Okay, this is my my most like gamer with a capital G thing to say. If you're going to a midnight release of a game, just buy the fucking game. Because if you're walking around and being like, "Oh, I want this Among Us plushie," oh, Stop. you guys get any cool headphones? That's what made me wait in the line till one in the morning, even though I was one of the first fifty people there. That's um, crazy. Because people are people just be shopping. They're like, "Oh, you got any gamer girl headsets?" You know, like. No, you should not be trying to buy a. Like someone tried to buy an Xbox while I was there. I'm like, this isn't even the fucking console, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> um, that was so infuriating. And the guy working the register at GameStop, who was like managing the line outside as well, I was like, guys, I know this line is bad, but I I did the midnight release for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and it was actually worse. And I was like how and he said someone brought in a, a console of trade-in and you know how long the trade-in process is because they had to like plug it in and like test play it and like wipe all the data some like absolute like monster brought in like a ps4 to trade That's in crazy don't huh. be that guy please if you're gonna go to one of these get the game like smile and thumbs up and like get the fuck out yeah <laughs> um 
bring bring your trade during normal business hours and then just bring your yeah, gift yeah. card. Be normal, guys. Be normal, please. Um, okay. Speaking of being that guy, people online are being very annoying about what constitutes a spoiler for this game. But I do kind of get it. And I think before we get into really any substantive discussion about how we feel about this game, I think we need to just upfront say whether we think, I think a big thing here is whether, because this game is $70 and Nintendo has showed so little of it. So I think right up front, we should say, if you weren't into Breath of the Wild, because if you were into Breath of the Wild, I feel like this game is a no-brainer because the tin says more Breath of the Wild, yes, sir. But I think if you weren't into Breath of the Wild, do we think this is a game that you will still enjoy? I think if you weren't into Breath of the Wild, mm -hmm. maybe don't spend the $70, like maybe try to borrow it from a friend. But I mm -hmm. would say give it a try. Because even though it is more Breath of the Wild, it is better Breath of the Wild. And they took away some stuff or improved some stuff from Breath of the Wild that was like annoying. You know, so maybe it's just enough better for someone like that. That's my two cents. But I don't think you're going to love it if you did it. If you hated Breath of the Wild, you're not going to love this game. But I think if you were like made on Breath of the Wild, you might still like Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. What do you think, Nathaniel? I think if you didn't like Breath of the Wild, you definitely should not buy this game um and i think it's awesome and i think the quality of life improvements to like the breath of the wild formula are like even greater than i thought they would be like i think that it is like significantly different in a lot of ways that make it a lot better but i don't think that that is the stuff that i was seeing people not liking about breath of the wild that's fair and so I th I agree with Tori that people should try it, and I agree with her that it's better. But I I just don't think the people who don't like Breath of the Wild will like this. I mean, that six out of ten review guy was one of those guys. He was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like Breath of the Wild. I tried this game. This game is just bigger Breath of the Wild. I don't like yeah. this game. So it checks out. So yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I want to say something about that, but. It's spoilery. Hold it, hold it for like five minutes. Mm, starts with a D. Starts with a D and ends with an N. I, I, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. It's a <laughs> damn Ganon is sexy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's a spoiler. <laughs> that's a spoiler. Yeah, I think <laughs> if what you didn't like, because I remember so when Breath of the Wild came out, it was a very similar vibe to when this game came out because eighty nine point whatever percent of the reviews were this is the best game ever made this is the best zelda ever made etc etc and then yes. there was a chunk of the reviewers that said that this isn't zelda enough you know that like without yeah. the temples without and that's the, how i felt yeah yeah without the For items while, that you do and kind of get to traverse through temples like this is not zelda enough and i think this game has elements that make it more quote unquote Zelda-esque 
than Breath of the Wild. And then it also has some stuff that is so divorced from what anyone would consider trappings of a Zelda game that I think if you think of it as not a Zelda game, you'll have a blast. There are elements in here that are more akin to like, um, I heard I was listening to the Bad End podcast episode they did about this, and one of them called it like the Kerbal Space Program. And I was like, there's literally there's stuff in this that is like so anathema to how I approach Zelda games like the Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess that I that I love it. But I think if you have a hard time squaring that circle, if you just kind of change how you're thinking about it, you'll probably really enjoy this. All that said, I do think I agree that like if Breath of the Wild didn't click with you, there are changes in this game that might remedy some of your issues but by and large this is this is in the same branch of the zelda family tree that breath of the wild is in it is not it is not a quote-unquote return to form if the form you want is like skyward sword or twilight princess yeah i i have to agree with that i yeah i think let's put a pin there and say, if you haven't bought this game and you have somehow managed to evade learning anything else about it, thanks for listening. Press underscore start pod on Twitter. Go rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, put, put in like 15 hours in this game and then come back. Yeah, come, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's just no hold barred talk about this game. All I, right. I want to I wanna talk about this game. First of all, how far are each of us? If you can even um, measure that in a game like I was going to say, that's such like, a wacky how, metric. How long have you fucked around Yeah. in this game? How many hours have you played? Maybe that's the best way to describe it. I'm not even sure I want to know how many hours I've put into this game so far. Nathaniel, where are you at in this game? I have no idea how to measure <laughs> that in any way. And I, I've not been playing this game enough days for my Switch to tell me the hours I've played it versus the days since I started playing it, right? It's true, yeah. I'm guessing I have, I'm way behind you guys in this game, okay? Really? Okay. I, I, the way that I was thinking about how I could measure how far I am into this game is that I think I am up to like six heart canisters and two staminas. Okay. Yeah, I'm like um, right about there. That is actually. right behind yeah. where I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seven. Okay. I'm seven hearts and three steps. I think a big thing, though, is more about what you prioritize doing. That's true, because you could just be doing a bunch of things and completely avoiding shrines, which you're yeah. yes, stupid. I was on um, like the Great Sky Island at the beginning, I feel like for like two hours. Mm -hmm. Which I think is way longer than anyone else. Oh no, no, it was long. It was long. No, bro, I was there for a day. Like all Friday was just Sky Island time for me. I had so much trouble navigating Sky Island. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree. And, and so since since then, I like went and I talked to Pura for the first and second time, and then I went northwest. And so mm -hmm. I climbed the mountain and I talked to the bird people and then I ventured through the mountain and I have started navigating to the top of the blizzard. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. That's, yeah. 
Yep, that, I've done that's that. That's what I'm that's what I'm currently working on, but I needed I so I bought the cold weather shirt, but then I got too high in the sky for that to even that protect me. To me. Yeah, you got to buy the cold weather in the radio village and it costs like 600 rupees. Yeah, Damn. and so yeah. that's what I that's how I spent today. Was just like was just like killing people to get stuff in the in the freaking caves looking for rocks so that i could sell it to get enough money because yeah. the shirt was 500 the headpiece is 650 and so that's what i did today and then before i left to come do this i am like back to slowly climbing up this um like s stair set up did to the top of the at blizzard least get so one of the shrines on the way up so you, ha you don't have to do the whole thing all over again I've gotten two of the shrines on the way up. Oh yeah, there's there's just two. And so, so I think I'm yeah, I'm relatively close to the blizzard. I just had to eat dinner and then do some work before we started this. <laughs> yeah, the blizzard but is, that, is that, surprisingly like a it takes takes a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was telling I was telling my girlfriend yesterday that I have not been in like a super grindy mood with this game. Yeah. Um I was playing it for like an hour and then putting it down and picking up later and playing it mm -hmm. for less than an hour. And like today was like the first day where I picked it up and I just played for like five hours straight. And so I'm I'm trying to get all my, today was my last day of work before I start my new job in yeah. like a little over two weeks. And so I have to move across the country between now and then, but I'm I'm in the grind set right now, I feel like. So that's where I'm at. I think a really incredible thing about this game, though, is that it lends itself to the non-grind and the grind. Because, like, if there's one complaint I can levy at Elden Ring, it's that, like, that is a game for grinding. That is oh, not the God. kind of game that you can put down for two weeks and then come back to and have any clue what's going on. This yeah. is, and not that this game has even been out two weeks long enough for me to put it down, but, like, this is the kind of game that is so densely packed with stuff and easy enough, I think, to pick up and play that, like, you could play it for an hour, put it down, pick it back up, play it for another hour. You could put it down for three days, come back. You might not remember what you were doing, but there's enough shit to do that, like, you can I, easily jump back into it. I don't know if you guys had this experience with Elden Ring, but did y'all, did y'all, when you played Elden Ring, did you ever feel exhausted after you were done with a session? Yes. Like I would play Elden Ring and yes. I would immediately go to bed, sometimes have a headache or just like want to scroll on my phone for an hour after I was done. I, it just like, I love Elden Ring, but it like sucked energy out of me. Yeah. To like Noah's point about that game, not being for the, for the non-grinders. Like there were times when I would play Elden Ring and I would get to a really hard spot. And so I would just be so frustrated and tired that I would get off. And then a couple days later, I would turn on my Xbox and be at that same spot and then play for like five minutes and be like, okay, still can't beat it. I'm, I'm getting off. But I think that's the magic of something like, and Breath of the Wild, I think was good at this too, is that it, it takes things from games like, Elden Ring, from Skyrim, from that kind of stuff that might be a little less accessible because of that difficulty 
or because of just how dense some of those aspects are and really like surfaces all of it in such a way that like you really feel like you can just go about your day do whatever you want in the game and still get a fulfilling experience like to, to answer your original question tori i have not done a single dungeon yet dungeon quote unquote i don't know i haven't done any of like the story related stuff they were like hey there's disturbances at these four points and i was like yeah okay cool gotcha and i was already out the door um I a friend of mine came over last night and I watched him clear one of the dungeons and I was like, oh, cool. This is I was like, we're playing different games, but this is a game. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing? I've been mapping because uh, it doesn't matter if it's Assassin's Creed or Zelda or anything. The first thing I do in these games is go to the towers. That's always like my fave thing to do because I love seeing a map get filled out. So I've been mapping. And then I've been focused a lot on the depths because the depths fascinate me. The first time I went down into the depths, I didn't go down outside the hole or down the hole outside of a lookout landing because it freaked me out. And I was like, I'm not going down there. And I must have just like missed talking to an NPC who started a, a quest line for me. I found a hole later in the game in some random spot. And I was like, you know what? What the hell? I'm going to try to go down one of these. So I glued a hot air balloon to a cart. And then I just kind of like floated down gingerly. And then when I got down into the depths, I got run over by a ninja driving a scooter with a spear tied to the end of it. And I was like, what the fuck is happening down here? And that, I have, that is what I call Tears of the Kingdom, baby. That's gaming, baby. And I've been so fascinated by exploring the depths since then. Like, so I've been mostly doing exploration. And so I've got like a similar amount of heart containers and stamina as you guys do because I've been doing shrines, but I haven't really touched any of the main quote unquote story stuff that and I've been focused on like the the memories to try and put a piece together of like what's going on in the plot and stuff. Yeah, I OK, so I did do a dungeon, but it's because I was I found myself in Rio Village and the Rito village is kind of in this upper left-hand corner of the map. And it's in that like mountain tundra region where there's actually not a whole lot of stuff going on. Like it's pretty remote. There's actually, if you want to hunt animals, like if you need meat, go to that area. There's like moose everywhere. It's like my hunting destination is the uh, stable outside of Rito village, like near the Lucky Clover Gazette. So I did that dungeon. It was really cool. Um, I was a little, not going to lie, I was a little confused when you enter the dungeon and you have a map and a compass, effectively. I was like, what? Oh, wow. Don't these come in treasure chests? Uh, and they didn't. And there weren't any, like, small keys, big keys. There's no keys. Uh, so they were even less dungeon-y than the divine beast in that regard mm. however they were bigger and there was puzzles in there and like cool ones that don't yeah. involve me rotating the entire fucking building which i always hated having the map from the start is yes less zelda but the actual structure of the dungeon was more zelda to me yeah in a way yeah so i i enjoyed the uh the wind temple was part of this the one mm -hmm. That was the one I watched my friend play too. Yeah, yes. the pirate ship. And yeah. Yeah, that is where Nathaniel is headed. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed the dungeon. I really love that boss fight. 
Uh, not going to mm-hmm. spoil it for Nathaniel, but that is a hell of a boss fight. That is, that cool. is so really much cool. fun. Yeah. Really utilizing the, the ability to dive in the sky and whatnot. Yeah. So it was great. Tori, uh, your next thing on this list here is the main plot of this game and how we feel about it. Do any of us actually feel like we know what the main plot of this game is? Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay, without like, the risk of spoiling one another, what do we think of like the opening scene, just like the conceit of okay, this game's yeah, yeah. story? What do we, what do we think? Nathaniel, I think it's it. cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's cool. The opening scene is adorable. Oh my and god, I incredible know. and. I wish I could have just lived in that. The way he holds her like camera for her. Yeah. It's it's yes. it's giving when my husband holds my purse energy. I fucking mm-hmm. love it. So cute. Yeah. So I wish I could have just lived in that for a little bit more because I, I absolutely loved like the opening sequence of the game. Mm-hmm. Um I understand the whole thing where like Zelda is somewhere and we have to find her, mm-hmm. but I'm really confused by the whole everywhere we go, she shows up and then floats away and disappears. Yeah. And so yeah. I understand what's going on in the most basic sense. Okay. But beyond that, I'm shaky, I feel like. I, and I think Tori does too, have a slightly greater understanding of what's going on. Would you prefer that we don't go into that so that it can be revealed to you more naturally? No, I think you guys are not that far ahead of me, so okay. I would say just go for it. Okay, so she's like, it also in a different place, but also arguably in a different time. I think I think it's inarguable. I think from yeah. from where from where I'm at, what it seems like happened is that when Zelda got poofed out when she was falling down the chasm, she got transported back like a gazillion years in the past, and is now. And Tori, I want to hear your thoughts on this because I know you've played a lot of Zeldas, is now like trying to influence the events of the game from the distant past. And yeah, so it's I was unclear to me. About like, this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she's trying to like make it so the good guys won the war of past age, like the imprisonment war. And you're up in the present trying to unfuck the present. Uh, so like you're you're doing that. Uh, so I kind of wonder where those two are gonna meet. If she does things back there that affects you up here, mm-hmm. um, it does in a way remind me a little bit of Ocarina of Time. But Ocarina of Time was just like seven years. Like that was just like the difference between that was just like there's zombies in the castle town and you've gone through puberty now. Like that's it. Yeah. Um, this one is like she's going to like a different age. I triggered a memory where she woke up and this uh. You know, Raru and his wife, forget her name. Um, they're both so hot, by the way. They're Can we both stop so real quick? hot. Raru and what's her face? Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, they see you across the bar and they like your vibe. Yeah. Totally would, would, absolutely would. Um, anyway, she wakes up to Raru and the OG Queen of Hyrule. And they're like, Who are you? And she's like, I'm the princess of Hyrule. My father is the king. And they're like, we're the king and queen of Hyrule, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about? And so she kind of realized, like, oh shit, I'm like talking to my ancestors. Mm-hmm. So that's basically where I'm at. And I've been seeing some more flashbacks of like the war and Ganondorf smiling menacingly and just like being an evil hot guy. So, I think um, 
I think it's it sucks that every Zelda game, and I get that, you know, archetypal characters, mythological in nature, kind of following a template that was created in 1986 and then deriving from it a million different times. I think um, it sucks that Zelda is still relegated, at least where we're at, to being functionally a character in the background. I think she is less a damsel in distress in this game, which I think is a For really sure. interesting inversion. And, and I she like that. is I do too. She she is an active agent. But after seeing that bit at the beginning where the two of them get to interact, it really bums me out that we don't get more of that. And like I I really like the conceit. I think it's really cool. I love when these games do stuff with time travel. I'm curious to see, like, if that continues to come in, but yeah. I always get, if you're in that in storytelling, I'm like, oh God, you're going to like fuck yourself up and you're going to mm -hmm. end up tying yourself into knots from a writing perspective or like major yeah. plot holes can happen when you introduce time travel, major mm -hmm. plot holes. Um, I, I trust the Zelda team. But with I trust because, them, yeah. I yeah. think if anyone's going to do a good time travel story, which they have done before, the it's Zelda that. team deploys time travel very elegantly, I think, in yeah. that, like, it's just a thing that happens in the world. It's not, like, it, it is clear that Link is not the first person to do any kind of time travel. Yeah. And, like, you know, we don't ever see anything else on screen, but, like, in Majora's Mask, you straight up just learn a song that lets you go back in time three days. Like, there's no... Or slow it down by, like, 50%. Exactly. Like it, it doesn't seem as if like, I don't know, it, to me, it avoids a lot of the pitfalls of like this one person is going back in time and now butterfly effect nonsense. Like to me, it it has this impact of like, this is just a thing that happens in this world because it's magic and shit. And that's why I think Zelda's thing is compelling, because it's like the storyline of the game, at least so far, does not seem to be what is the source of the time travel. It's, we got to get Zelda back. It doesn't matter where she is. It doesn't matter when she is. We got to get Zelda back. And I think that's that's really interesting, especially since it's not time travel, so to speak, but like the Zonai are from like out of time. They are they are unstuck from their own original time. Yeah, They're like the ancient aliens of this world. And that's yeah. so, so cool. Yeah, it I is. really like that. Yeah, I'm into this. That's about as much as I know. Um, yeah. Same. And then there is that classic Zelda element. Actually, um, the Rido uh, village uh, region, the Hebra region, reminds me kind of a bit of the mountain region in Majora's Map. Because you have this lovely, like, spring, you know, green trees, mountainous area that, because of all of the shit that's been going down, has frozen over and they're suffering food shortages and freezing as a result. And that's mm -hmm. literally what happens in the mountain region of Majora's Mask. Like you defeat goat and everything defrosts. Um, so that happened to me when I did the Wind Temple, like everything became beautiful again. Um, yeah. The difference is in Majora's Mask, when you complete a dungeon and go back in time, it's as if it never happened, but you know it happened, which feels a bit gaslighting. <laughs> I, I have a question here because Nathaniel, I know you've played Breath of the Wild, but I know that you don't have the same extensive nostalgia-driven history with this series that we do. Is this hitting for you? Like, is this 
is this story that is like ooh the 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 ancient people and the underground and the sky like is this hitting for you in a way that is interesting yes okay i think i'm definitely i'm i'm definitely super interested in the story mm -hmm. um even like it's not connected to anything else in my brain mm -hmm. okay but it's still interesting. Um, but I like it, and it's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Because one, like one of the things that I have always personally loved about all the Zelda games is that they are, they're mythic in this quality that's like, these are, these are like archetypes. Like, Link and Zelda, even more so than being like individualized characters from game to game, are like these mythic archetypes. Like, um, I think one of the best versions for that is the Wind yeah. Waker. Because in the Wind Waker, you you are only wearing the green Link tunic because boys that reach puberty age on the island you grew up on get the tunic that like looks like what the ancient hero used to dress in. So it's I love like, that. Yeah, I do, too. And that is always Wind Waker is so special to me because Wind Waker is not a story of like it is and it isn't. It's not necessarily a story of like the chosen one. It's the story of like a person who is just like propelled forward due to circumstances outside of their own controlling. And yeah, that's true because Ocarina of Time Link is like the chosen one. Tina. Exactly. Like from yeah. birth, like he's got like a Jesus thing going on. Yeah, and um, I think in a lot of ways, like Breath of the Wild Link kind of is too, because he's, I know he's just like the best swordsman ever, but he's also yeah. like, frozen in time for a hundred years and then the only person from this bygone era other than zelda you know yeah you could also make a kind of similar argument with twilight princess because in twilight princess like yeah. he's just a guy he's just, just a guy a yeah <laughs> yeah and honestly i i i like both like i love the mythos of ocarina of time there's something mm -hmm. mythic almost religious about the story yeah. of ocarina of time mm -hmm. um and but Twilight Princess, like you're just a dude, and people fuck yeah. up your village, and you gotta do. And any, and I mean, yeah. it feels kind of like Star Wars. Like you're yeah. like this boy on a farm, and you know your village gets like set on fire, and you're like, yeah, everything no, you that's... learn from your swordsman, your swordsman trainer gets injured, you're like, I gotta yeah. be a man now. Like it's it's Star Wars, <laughs> actually. And that's why... That's why I'm curious to see where the story goes with it, but that's why I found the the intro sequence of this game to be very compelling because like um spoilers for Skyward Sword, I guess, but like the storyline of Skyward Sword, Nathaniel and listeners, is that like due to a curse TM, I think it's like Link, Zelda, and yeah. Ganon or some kind of baddie are now recurring spirits throughout history. So it's like you kind of can't have one without it without the yes. others. Yeah, you have a curse put on you that all your descendants will be involved in this feud forever. So it's like you kind of can't have a link without a Ganon. And then there's always a Zelda. So it's like yeah. the it makes it interesting because it's like in Breath of the Wild, you're not fighting the physical Ganon. You are fighting like like physical Ganon existed for so long, but was so evil that his body like died and his evil miasma re remained. And this game opens with like, it's the hubris of your ancestors who thought that they could seal away this power. And I'm sure we'll get some kind of an explanation mm -hmm. as for like why he's so powerful. But that intro is so interesting to me because it's like 
of course he's going to get out. Like, of course he's going to overpower you despite the fact that you have the Master Sword because he's the bad guy. And you had you had the hubris to lock him away, but you can't you can't be the hero without having like the diametrically opposed bad dude. And so like it's you can you can like it in its it's interesting in a vacuum because it's a compelling story. And it's also really cool in the context of this like greater tapestry of Zelda that's like this game is in some ways part of the same thing and also kind of deviating from it in really interesting ways. I love Zelda. I no, love I'm Zelda so main, <laughs> we, we fucking love Zelda here. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm excited to see more of this. I'm excited to see how they build out this lore. I was listening to Waypoint, and I believe it was Patrick who made the hot take that they're making a sequel to this and that this will be like a Breath of the Wild trilogy. Maybe. I don't know. Wow. I don't know how. I mean, what kind of... I don't know. I mean, I, I also said, how can they sequel Breath of the Wild? And then they did, so... I, I can't be saying shit anymore. Um, so we'll have to see about that in seven years, you know? <laughs> I think we're hurtling towards a discussion about the gameplay. And I yeah. wanna I, I wanna I wanna hit that because I think um I think what you're pointing at here is that this is a sequel and part of what make because I remember all of our talk about like, oh, this is this started as DLC, this uh how different is it really gonna be? Like, yeah, I, I mean that made me that made me nervous. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Like when I I remember hearing that this started out as DLC, and I was like, mm-hmm. yikes! But Majora's Mask was Uda Zelda, right? What sets this apart from Breath of the Wild? Like, what makes this different than that game? Other than I don't know. I guess the I'm asking an obvious question, but um, the Ultra Hand. <laughs> I mean, Blue. let's be let's be real. Yeah. Um, and that sounds like a very simplistic answer, but it fundamentally changed the way I approached this game. Like I came to this game being like, all right, boys, we're doing Breath of the Wild. Like I got Magnesis. I'm going to start hitting shit and it's going to fly. You know, after you pause it, like I know how this all works, uh, whatever. And it's not like the old, it's different. The powers you get are different. In fact, you can create things like that. Mm-hmm. Is I just fundamentally the shrines are on a different level, um. So I think that is what makes it different. I mean, the plot, you know, the I do like how the upheaval like informs the decisions that people make and how things look, the the topography of Hyrule. So that was a nice touch. And it gives you a, an excuse to revisit Hyrule. It's different yeah. enough. So I think that the the change geography of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. or topography of Hyrule plus Ultra Hand equals different enough of game for me. Nathaniel, didn't you like just come off of playing Breath of the Wild? Like, I think Breath of the Wild of the three of us, it's probably the freshest in your mind. Yeah, I was playing that um, last month. It was like my goal to get as far as that as I could um before this came out and also before jedi survivor came out Mm -hmm. and i like did not get very far in it at all um which like i wondered how i would feel about that and if it would be weird um starting this game but um i feel like like tori you talked about the ultra hand but i feel like the other three abilities also like super duper changed the game 
And mm-hmm. I feel like the thing about this one to me that's so different from Breath of the Wild is just like, I don't know if I've ever played a game where there is so much creativity that is like allotted to the player in how they decide to just like get from point A to point B. And -hmm. I think it's crazy because there will be stuff like that in video games, but I feel like that's mostly like players in a sense breaking the game, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's not what this is. Um, But just like going into a shrine and not really being told how I'm supposed to get from point A to point B, but understanding that there's something I have to do. And it's like, okay, I can build something or I can pick pick it up with the altar hand and then hold it and then drop it and then recall it when I'm standing on it, you know? And it's just like the amount of creativity in movement is just insane. And I feel like that was also the thought when breath of the wild came out and so for them to have like taken a whole nother like real ass step forward i think is is pretty crazy yeah it feels like the devs got out of the way of the player in a lot of ways in a way that i think is i I think in a worse game would feel really lazy like i could totally see the argument that is like not crafting specific and maybe obvious ways to solve puzzles is lazy because like obviously players are going to try to find ways to break it so why don't just give them a clear path forward like from the minute this game gives you all of the abilities help from the minute you get the ultra hand ability like the tools to rip this game in half are there (laughs) like you can from the minute you get it, you can turn this into like, or from the minute you get the fuse ability, like you can just make this game Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And that's just, that's so interesting. And it, I think for me, like you said, the, uh, you said all the tools feel different. And I agree, like the fuse one for me is crazy. Like I, I don't remember the last time I thought about all the items I was picking up in an open world game like this. It's like I'm so used to the the Skyrim model of open world game where like I'm picking stuff up, but it's a lot of stuff that I'm just thinking about in terms of like maybe I can sell this for money later or maybe this will have some kind of story importance at some point. But in this game, it's like when something breaks or like when I see something on the ground, it's like, okay, what would happen if I fuse that to my sword? What would happen if I fuse that to my shield? What would happen if I fuse it to my shield and then jump on top of it? And it's got, it just, the gears of your brain are spinning in a way that is like really maximalist in a fun way. That's like, it just feels like the, it's a cliche to say, but it feels like the possibilities are endless in a way that like they might actually be endless. Yeah, I I love it. Uh, Have any of y'all, how how are y'all getting your Koroks to your friends, to their friends? (laughs) Are we, are we torturing them? Because I've seen some fucked up things done to Koroks. I think we all have. Um, I've seen them rotisserie roasted. I've seen them rocket launched. I've seen them crucified. Yeah. Um, I, my personal favorite is strapping uh, a bunch of rockets to one and smacking them and watching them fly. And they go, oop, and they fly yeah. away. Um, I love it when they say, oop. That's my favorite thing. I sent Noah this TikTok 
where someone like ascended up a Korok's butt. <laughs> like, and send that I, to me. <laughs> I'll look for it and I'll send it. But I just like keep thinking about that and it makes me laugh out loud every single time. Yeah. And I personally I have not assisted any Koroks yet, <laughs> but I have definitely seen all of the content online of people just like making these little guys' lives hell. Yeah. I think that's such a good example about the way this game is crafted though. Like I uh I found this article on Eurogamer that I wanted to cite because I I think it's really telling about like the way this game was made. And so it it references a interview that uh Eiji Aonuma did, the director of this game, the director of most of the Zelda games with Polygon, where he says, "I'm somebody who, you know, if I can find a way to cheat, I like to do that kind of gameplay." And then he goes on to say that the Ascend ability, uh, him and one of the other producers for the game say that the Ascend ability was actually built out of a debug tool that they had made. So like when they were making these caves, they made a tool that would allow them to just like shoot straight up so they could get back into the world. And they were like, hey, wait, this shit's actually pretty fun. Let's make that a tool. And so much of this game feels that way. Everything down to the fact that you can pick up some of the Koroks. It's like, this feels like an idea someone had during the debug process, and then they worked backwards from that in terms of like how yeah, they I could do, make it. I do want to say, uh, I, I did say Ultra Hand was the game changer. I, you know, it is, but no longer friends with Ultra Hand, now best friends with Ascend. Because yeah. Ascend is the like hidden but obvious way to un to, to figure out so many things. Like, how can I jump from that place to the other? Ugh. And it's like, no dumbass, ascend and then paraglide down. You know, like, ascend, I feel like, is the one thing I constantly forget about. Like, I'll be frustrated with the puzzle, and I'll just, like, thumb my camera stick up, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, there's that. I can ascend. Um, so ascend is, like, a real, like, uh, quiet, but, like, MVP ability. Mm -hmm. The one that I really haven't gotten much use out of is, is a recall, the rewinding. Mm. I don't know if it's my hmm. playing style or what, or if I just haven't like reached any shrines that makes a huge use of it. I just haven't really used that one. Maybe I'm just not thinking outside the box. I feel like the one I'm using the least is Fuse. Really? And I'm using, I think I'm using Recall the second most. Really? Um, really? As yeah, Ascend is the one, like, I'm with you, Tori, that I'll also forget that that's one that I have and can use. But I don't know if you guys have been to any of the spots on the map where there are the rocks falling from the sky. Yeah. Yes. And you can you can recall those, and they fly up so fast. And so I've been in so many moments where I'm, like, low, and I'm looking up at a mountain, and there's one of, like, the towers there to, like, um show me more of the map and i'll just be like how the f am i gonna get up here i don't want to climb this mountain and then i'll be like okay rock falling from the sky i'm just gonna recall it and mm -hmm. ride it all the way up into space and jump off of it i'm using recall all the time i feel like yeah that's true so a i have not i did walk around an area where the rocks were falling and one fell literally inches away from me and my thought wasn't to recall it. My thought was like, damn, I might not get lucky next time. I guess if I die, I die. <laughs> but you're out here like, no, just yeah. recall. Just just yeet that shit back up into the sky. And my frame of thinking is, yeah. if I die, I die. Yeah. <laughs> Which shows how little I think of recall. Another thing is 
I feel like so many of the shrines have been get this thing from the lowest part of the shrine map to the highest part. And instead of like building whatever contraption, I'm doing a lot of lifting it, holding it, climbing up the ladder, recalling it, grabbing it, pulling it up. Yeah. I'm doing like okay. a lot of that in shrines. I did do I feel a very like. interesting shrine where I had to build a catapult and put myself in it in time to get flung from the lowest part to the highest part. Oh my God. That was a fun shrine. I I saw a TikTok the other day where have any of you guys fought one of like the big goblins? So not like the little guys, but the ones that have like the big eyeball and they like throw stuff at you. Yes. Um, okay, you know, there's uh there's dudes you'll encounter who are like that. And sometimes they'll pick up objects. Sometimes it's like one of the other goblins. Sometimes it's a rock and they'll throw it at you or an exploding barrel or an exploding barrel. I saw Fuck a TikTok that. where somebody with like lightning fast reflexes saw the guy pick up a rock to throw it at them and then recalled it midair and it hit him with the rock in the head and i was like whoa new mm. idea just unlocked i can do that to like i don't think you'd have to be lightning fast to do it with like arrows but like feasibly anything shot at you can be shot right back at the enemies and i think that's cool because i agree like re i've been using recall a bit on like the falling rocks or similarly with like yeah lift something and then do that but each of these Barring maybe Fuse, each of them has a combat use and then a how can I get more vertical use. So it's like, and I guess Ascend maybe doesn't have much of a combat use other than like getting out of the way. Well, or have, has people. anyone ascended up a goblin's ass? Has anyone? I have not. I, I'm going to try that tonight. We're going to, I'm going to do what I always hoped Ant-Man would do to Thanos tonight. <laughs> But Nathaniel, I think like you hit it when you said that you're like you're walking around on the ground and you're looking up and thinking like, how can I get up there? And so much of this game so far for me has been spent in terms of like, OK, what I'm doing now is cool, but how do I get up there? And whether that's like just a hill or whether that is like the weird floating rock 100,000 feet above me, like it's even more so than Breath of the Wild's. Ooh, what's that cool thing over the hill? This game is like, there is more stuff to explore. I need to get exploring. And it does feel a little overwhelming at times, but like I do I do constantly feel that push to like, I want to get in the sky. I want to get up so that I could jump off of high stuff. Do you guys like the Skyview Towers blasting you into space? I adore it. I do. I I yeah, I feel like I'm in a ghibli. Okay. This soundtrack, can we just say the soundtrack, like that first, that bit when you like reach the Temple of Time and you're about to like skydive, that yeah. swelling orchestral, I was like, oh my <sighs> it's god. Dope. Yeah. I felt like I was in Princess Mononoke or something, I, or yeah. Spirited Away. I felt there's some, there's some Ghibli in that music for sure. Yeah. No, that, that first cutscene where you like sky, or any of the cutscenes really, when you get blasted into the air and skydive down, I didn't really think there was anything this game could do that would recapture just like the sheer awe I felt the first time I saw the scale of Breath of the Wild. And it did it almost instantly. Like I saw somebody complain that like it makes you watch an unskippable cutscene and then like you have to float down. And like I hear that if what you really want to do is just fast travel. But like I love, I love that that like forcing you to get up in the air and just like look around aspect of it. Like it, it gets me every time. Yeah. That's, that's, 
that's literally how I figure out how to get to the next place. Like I, I'll be like, I've been traveling for a while. I haven't found any shrines in this area. I just like blast myself up there and like perish. Like I, it's great. That's how I find, okay, one thing I'll say, I feel like the stables are too spread out. It okay. takes me, it took me like five hours to find one stable from another. And I'm like, these horses, at least I, I'm like ghosting my horses. I'm like dropping them off in the middle of Tyrell Field. They're like, bye. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So I've had to, I've done like the Sky Beach Tower to be like, where is the next stable? Um, which by the way, fun fact, there is like DLC or Amiibo armor that apparently transfers over that can make your horses fast travel with you regardless of stable. If what? you have that, fuck you. I wish I did. Um, how I don't even know how you get that, but yeah, I, I'm having a bit of a, a stable finding issue. I'm on that journalist side quest grind where I'm like going oh, to the yeah. stables and talking to people. That's why I'm so like stable obsessed right now. But yeah, I've been using the Skyview Tower to, to do that. Every media person I follow on Twitter who's playing Zelda has made some derivation of the tweet that is like, I wish I worked at the Lucky Clover Gazette. And it's very funny. I'm I said the Lucky Clover Gazette's yeah. about, about to get bought by a hedge fund. I tweeted something about layoffs at the Lucky Clover Gazette too. Yeah, I love that that's where everyone's head is going. Yeah, love that. Lucky Clover Gazette pivoting to video. <laughs> I miss being able to stand on the tower and mark the shrines. Mm, yeah. But I like getting blasted in the air. And I wish I could travel forward faster when I'm falling from the sky. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I guess the physics do make sense of like I'm falling a lot more down than I am forward. Yeah. But I just wish that I could go more forward. Um, but I like it. And then the more uh stamina that i get as i go through the game makes mm -hmm. it even better because i can travel even further because yeah. that's like the tough thing at the beginning of the game it's like the first time you get blasted up it's just like you have to time that landing to not like smush yourself falling from a million stories i love asking people this question how do y'all uh prioritize your blessings you get from shrines like do you put more mm. stock into stamina do you put more into health? I do one and one. Like, I remember oh, what wow. last one I did. Yeah. I was like one stamina, one heart. I'm very like even handed. Whereas hmm. Jesse, who is like, this is like the most soulborn player thing ever. He's walking around two dungeons in five hearts, got like two stamina circling around. Oh you my know? God. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's a type of player. So where, where do you do it? I want more stamina than hearts, but I'm, getting more hearts than stamina mm. why why that disconnect uh because i feel like the impatient person in me just wants to sprint the whole game yeah. mm -hmm. but realistically for the combat i should have more hearts so i'm not getting my ass beat and dying yeah i yeah. i made the mistake of going into the depths with four hearts and like a single arrow Ooh. just one shot me and i was like all right fam i want to be able to run you know, and climb mountains and shit, but yeah. like, it's not sustainable, at least not for me. I had a moment like that earlier. I, uh, so what I'm doing right now is like two to one. So for every two stamina upgrades, I give myself one heart because okay. for me, it's more about gliding and climbing than it is running. Like, nothing irritates me more than when I'm trying to climb up a hill and I don't have enough stamina to get to the top of it. And I'm like, I want to be able to have enough stamina to climb wherever I want. But I, I went on the map back to the Great Plateau from Breath of the Wild, 
and I'm doing like a little mini puzzle there where I like have to awaken the thingy at the shrine so that or not the shrine but like the temple so that I can pray to it. And I I've had to fight the goblins that are just like on my way there and they keep one shotting me. And I have five five or six hearts. I think I have five hearts. Mm. And I'm like, okay, something ain't right here. I'm getting one shot too easily. Like I think I need to either learn how to dodge better or give myself a couple more hearts. And realistically, I think I just need to go with the hearts. Okay, I was exaggerating a bit when I said Jesse had only five hearts. He has like seven, but still the, the ratio is off. Like Yes. No, I, I get what you're yeah, saying. I there's a prioritization. I know. I, I just feel like I have to fashion myself. But there's a prioritization there that I respect but could not uh like imitate and beat this game <laughs> the the main thing for me is that like i'm prioritizing exploration because what i really want is more stamina so that i don't have to worry about like floating from flying island to flying island and i think i think uh, it's cool that the game makes you work so hard to get to that point because i know breath of the wild eventually does reach a point where like you've completely lost that element of the game at the beginning where you really felt like you had to work for everything. Yeah. And now I imagine this game will probably get to that point too. But like, since everything is so spread out, like I really do feel like I have to work for everything. Yeah. How are we feeling about side quests? Because my, one of my biggest complaints about Breath of the Wild is that the side quests weren't worth it. Like you were doing all this elaborate shit to get like 20 rupees. And hmm. I, at a certain point, I gave up on side quests in Breath of the Wild. I was like, this is a waste of time. Um, but this, I mean, maybe I just did a bunch of bad ones and got a bad impression. But with Tears of the Kingdom, I, okay, I gotta say the rewards for the side quests are not that much tangibly better, but I find myself wanting to do them more. Hmm. Like, I've, I've done some, like, somewhat annoying side quests to get, like, 50 rupees. But I keep doing them because I just enjoy them. How are we feeling? Do you think that's just because it's new? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll get sick of them. But maybe it's because, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I really can't. I mean, I mean, the journalist, when I'm doing, I'm getting paid like 50 rupees per side quest. I think it's just because I feel an attachment, <laughs> like an identity attachment to that one. Yeah. But yeah, like before I leave an area, I'm like, checking off all the side quests on my list that I got in the area. And that is not behavior I did in Breath of the Wild at all. Hmm. Nathaniel, do you have thoughts? I haven't done any side quests. I did. I played one mini game today. Um, but that is all. Yeah, I feel like I've done a couple of things that I guess could be considered side quests, but... I don't know if I'm deep enough into this game to really have that much of an opinion on that, honestly. I feel like side quests to me feel like something that are gonna unravel themselves as I get deeper. And I've done a couple little things like, um, I don't know, I, but I don't know if some of the stuff I've done, I would even consider side quests. Like I've been, like I said, doing the geoglyphs, but I would consider that like a main quest line in a way, or like I've been, I got a quest from this little spring statue that was like go get me one of the parts of a dragon and like i've been thinking about that but i haven't accomplished that yet so i think maybe you're talking to more npcs than either of us are <laughs> i do like talking to the npcs I, I i do enjoy them they are very fun i do i talked to some guy yesterday whose name was like 
Chork or something. And I was like, yeah, okay, Chork. Okay, can we just talk about the names? Because you'll see someone who has like a like a glup shitto name. And then yeah. some guy whose name is like Josh. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. Like Jesse's in Hateno Village right now. And he talked to like Chiar or like some like weird name. And then he talked to a guy named Manny. Like that's my dad's name. There's just like a random Cuban guy in Hateno Village right now. <laughs> just like... <laughs> It's Manny, like I, <laughs> I love the name generator. Whatever name generator they made to make NPC names in this game is fantastic. I think we've kind of talked about the vibes. I think maybe, maybe do we talk about the comparison to Breath of the Wild? Well, we've kind of talked about that too. Um, I don't know. Okay, well, I said we did kind of compare it to Elden Ring. Already, that was, that was on the Ring. list. Was comparing this to Elden Ring. It's more fun I think, than Elden um, Ring. Makes my brain hurt less. The funniest comparison that I've heard for this game so far is, I mentioned the Bad End podcast. Shortly into their discussion, um, one of the hosts says that Tears of the Kingdom is Breath of the Wild for gamers. And that made me laugh so hard. And I also feel that it's like, it's really right in a lot of yeah, ways. Gamers with a capital G. Yeah, because like like I said, like this is a game that wants you to break it and not in a not in a like push up against the edges until you fall out of bounds kind of way, but in like a yeah, what the hell, man? Fuse a minecart to your shield. Whatever. Just yeah, do it. Yeah. Who cares? It's just it's like, <laughs> like the amount of times I have said to myself or out loud some sort of variant of oh shit, that worked. Like that yeah. is like yeah, they should just call the next one of these that, like the Legend of Zelda colon. Oh shit, that worked. Yeah. Um, because that's what this game is. Are there any other threads of this that we want to go down before we start kind of like giving some final thoughts on it? What do you guys think of how it looks compared to Breath of the Wild? Like you guys talked last week about how Breath of the Wild was like a Wii U game. That's um, true and how it came out on switch obviously there was so much talk leading up to this game about like does nintendo have to put out the switch 2 or pro before this game comes out because it won't be able to run that's a really or good like point. when are we going to get n- new hardware or is is this game going to come out and we're not going to feel like we are playing the whole thing because of the hardware so what do you guys think in more of a technical aspect about how it looks and how it feels I, every time I play this game, I'm surprised it runs on Switch. Like, the, the physics, I'm always like, man, how'd they do that? How'd they do that? And then I walk around Kakariko Village and I experience, like, some pretty noticeable frame rate drop. And I'm like, ah, it's got, something's got to give a game here. Um, yeah. So I feel like this, this is the fullest capacity of what a Switch can handle, but I feel like switch is like one pant size too small there's some muffin top here it's just a little pinching i mean there's times you can tell you're being pinched a little bit by the hardware it's not so much that like i am upset or that there's no new console for this it's just so much that i'm like man that's a bit of a letdown but also they were truly doing the most with this hardware so i can't be mad. i think i'm kind of I, I'm blown away by how good it looks, honestly. And I think like that's something Nintendo has always excelled at, which is like doing the best with what they've got. And I think 
Breath of the Wild looked better than I think it had any right to. And I think the I think the thing that works for me in this game is maybe not necessarily like, oh, it's the trees look really pretty and the grass looks really real. I think it's the fact that like when I'm in the air, I can look down and I see stuff still. Like I I was saying to Tori the other day that I think like this game makes good on a promise that I think Skyward Sword made 10 years ago. And that promise was like going from the sky to the ground. And like Skyward Sword had that whole thing where like you had to open up holes in the big cloud layer underneath you in order to go to the ground. And then there were like cutscenes from place to place. And I don't know, it, it is remarkable to me that there is just so much distance and granted like like you said Tori there's there's some pop in here and there like when you're walking around sometimes something off in the distance will just appear and it's like oh my god and like I've had this frame rate stutter just a teeny bit like when I got to Kakariko Village for the first time I was like oh hey we're uh we're stuttering a little bit every now and then when there's just a lot going on on screen but I don't know I think I think it's really impressive that this looks as good as it does and that it runs as good as it does. I feel like this is the first time I've noticed that my Switch is working yeah. a little bit when I'm playing it. Oh, yeah. It. When I, when I a, held it, so it full disclosure, <laughs> yeah, I, I played this yeah. on my day one launch Switch. She's mm -hmm. a little warm. Yeah, it's warm. Sweet. Yeah, it's hot. We have since upgraded to an OLED. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask if you got the Zelda one. Oh. Because you tweeted about it. So what we're doing is one of us is playing the docked 2017 Switch on the TV. And one mm -hmm. of us is playing the Zelda OLED. And then when one of us finishes the game, we're going to sell the old Switch. I love that. So, mm. Yeah. We're in a weird temporary state, but like. Yeah, does it run better in the OLED? Yes, it's not like hot in your hand. I'm interested, Nathaniel, that you said that this has you wanting an OLED because most of the time that I've spent playing this game has been docked on my TV. Not really because I think it feels any better, but just because like something about seeing the the majesty of all of it on my TV is like I'm sure it would look better docked or handheld if I had an OLED, but like. There's just so much going on. I just really want to have it on a TV just so I can like fully take it in, you know? The thing to me is I just want the screen close to my face. And that's the uh that's the uh me not wearing my glasses in four years mm -hmm. talking. Um, but like I I was playing I've played it probably like eighty-five percent handheld and fifteen percent docked so far. Yeah. And yeah, um, I'm mostly playing I, I mine docked, playing, but yeah. I was playing handheld today and then I got the little notification that my switch was gonna die. And so I was playing it in docked and then I was just like standing in front of the TV. And so I was like, Yeah, I just mm -hmm. want to go back to laying on my back on the couch and playing this. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is, I have to say, it is fun to stand in front of the TV and play this. May I ask why you simply do not just wear your glasses? Uh, I don't know, because 
COVID started and then they were getting fogged up because of the mask. Yeah, oh, that's and real. then I just haven't yeah. worn them since 2020. You gotta get back on that glasses grind. They're gonna, they're gonna fry your eyeballs. My eyes are like, my eyes are not that bad, but sometimes I do feel them just like, please do something different. Yeah. Like stand in front of the TV. Yeah, like stand in front of the TV. I still think uh, one of the funniest things I, I remember seeing was uh, one of the times I visited your house and you and I were in the kitchen and I turned around and uh, Angie was playing Fortnite, but she was like standing in front of the TV like a dad watching sports, just like inches from the TV <laughs> playing Fortnite. Like, like she looked like she wanted to be in Fortnite, and I was like, "Yeah." So yeah, when you, when y'all have like a cozy night in to like play a game or watch Netflix, do you both stand in front of the TV together? <laughs> like, no, I'm very because... confused about this living room situation you have going on. No, we just lay on the couch. I feel like it's just a solo gamer moment thing yeah, when like, we stand in yeah. front of the TV. Something, yeah, something intense about I... it. That just reminds me of like watching yeah. the World Cup with my dad growing up and whenever the US team is not doing well, he'd get up in front of the TV and put his hand with it to just look a little closer. Mm -hmm. I was like, that will make Tim Howard catch the ball. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question that's more for Noah and me than for Tori because Jesse is playing the game, you've said. Mm -hmm. But Noah, has Christine watched you play this at all? Does she have any thoughts or impressions that you've picked up on? She's been watching me play it a little bit. Um, I think I, I was telling Tori before you got on that uh, a friend of mine came over last night, a friend of ours, and I just let him dock his switch and play Breath of the Wild for like two and a half hours straight. I was having just as much fun watching him play, considering he was yes. doing such a different stuff than I'm doing. Yes. Um, I think most of Christine's relationship to watch me play this game so far has been me like fucking jackass being like, check this out. And then I just like explode something in my face or like strap a rocket to something and go like check this out um she has been she, she'll like ask me questions about like what's going on which does intuit to me that she's like actually paying attention angie just has two lines that she says when i'm playing zelda and she just repeats them okay. every time i play it every once in a while just depending on how she's feeling or what i'm doing and it's either this game is really pretty. I like the green. Mm -hmm. She loves how green the game that's is, valid, right? And that's yeah. number one. And then, and then number two is I could never play this game. I would get so angry. <laughs> and so just like, just like depending, cause she'll be like, oh, this game is so pretty. And I'll be like, yeah, like you should try it. You know what um, I was, Maybe you would like it. You know what's kind of funny? I was playing this game. I, I was playing this game and I was like sharing videos of it to my brothers. My brother lives in a different state. Um, and being like, this is what I've been doing. Blah, blah. Like, this is what Tears of the Kingdom looks like. I've been trying to get him to play uh, Breath of the Wild for years. He played Zelda mm -hmm. games, but he dropped off after Wind Waker. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm like, please. Yeah, he, he played all the ones. He, he played Ocarina of Time so many times when we were kids. Um, mm. So he's kind of like, he thinks of Zelda as a formula game for them. Bro, welcome to the 21st century. Like, yeah. it's different out here. Um, and I sent like I I showed him some videos of the puzzles. He's like, I don't know if I would be good at this game because when I play games with puzzles in them, there's only one way to solve the puzzle, like any other older Zelda game, right? Like, you push that block mm. onto that switch. Yeah. You shoot that eyeball with your arrow, and it opens up that door. And this game is so fundamentally not that and he's like how do i know if i'm doing something right and i'm like 
you know it because you somehow get away with it. You know what I mean? Like you, you just know it because it works. For me, I feel like that's made the shrine so much easier. Like, I feel like there were so many points when I was playing Breath of the Wild where I was like, I need to look up what's going on in the shrine because I'm so completely confused. And in this one, that like hasn't happened to me at all yet because I'm just like, okay, we're just going to fake it till we make it and get to the end. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, I didn't get the chest in this shrine, but okay, because some of them only have freaking five arrows in them. So mm -hmm. whatever, okay, I don't yeah, even the care. Shrine chest, and it's just it's like, like, if I get it, cat in the back, if I don't. Fine. Yeah, but I'm always worried that the exactly. one chest I missed is gonna have like a diamond. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like the one you that was too hard or something. Yeah, I, uh, Tori, I'm intrigued by the fact that your your brother is feeling that way because I I stopped at my dad's earlier today and I had my switch with me and I was like, hey, do you want to see the new Zelda? And so I was showing it to him and um he totally missed me playing Breath of the Wild because I played it when I was in college. So the mm -hmm. last Zelda game that he probably saw any of what the like last like, console Zelda. yeah skyward sword he probably saw a little bit of um because at one point when i was skydiving he was like this looks like that one on the wii and i was like yeah skyward sword and um like seeing his reaction to me solving a shrine that had like a physics-based puzzle which is so interesting because his conception of the zelda series is very rooted in like the n64 and the gamecube games and like yeah. having him watch me just like throw myself off of stuff was just like really kind of funny just listening to him go like oh my god you just you just jumped off that and then like giggling every time i activated my glider like yeah it was it was very interesting it's it's it really makes me wonder like if they can ever go back from this kind of a game design you know like i know that they can do like a Link's awakening remake and they could do like a 3ds style game again but like, I don't know if they, I don't know if you can come back from this. I don't know what that looks like. It seems like we're kind of winding down here. Before we totally wind down, I want to share, I tweeted earlier from the Press Start Twitter account and asked people if they could give their thoughts on the game in five words or less. And I want to share the responses we got. First, we have Chase Allheart. Funny, funny enough, we got like, uh, two podcast people, which I love. Um, first response <laughs> is uh, Chase Allhart from the Video Game Podtimism podcast. Chase says, gamer's pleasure via hidden treasure. I like this, this one. Is a haiku? <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I yeah. like this one because I don't... <laughs> I like it. Noah, you need to give the context that you asked people, you gave people bonus points if they rhyme. That's true. I did say bonus points if they rhyme. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, I like this one because I don't know if the hidden treasure is the game itself or hidden treasure found in the game. So I like that it has like a double meaning. You know, I like that. Uh, next up, we have Willa Rowe, former guest, uh, one of the hosts of the Girl Mode podcast. Willa says, Pura colon, mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I've been getting TikToks about people being horny for Pura, and it's really good. Oh my god. So many. So many. <laughs> How, okay, do you think there's more people horny for Raru, Ganon, Zelda, oh. Pura? I did see that that Zelda Pornhub searches spiked after May 15th. Really? I saw, I saw some data. 
I think I feel like it's got to be Pura. I think Pura is yeah, probably at the top. Pura's but a Raru's, Raru's coming up though. I think Raru's coming up. I think Raru's gonna make non-furries yeah. into furries. Tbh. I think he's like. Yeah, I think I think people people need to shed their shame. Yes. I think everyone's a little bit of a furry, you know. Yeah. Like I, I've always bristled. Yeah. <laughs> I've always bristled when, when everyone's like, "Isn't everyone a little gay?" Like. No, I've met some very aggressively straight people. That's yeah. fine. But I do think everyone's a little bit of a furry. Come on. Yeah. A little bit. Raru is just the number one mentioned character in our group chat. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. He's hot. Well, because He's got like the he, fucking like hip like, thing going well, on. Because like, like think shit. about think about like Ocarina of Time Raru. He's like an owl who's actually just a fucking old baby, like an animal. That's true. He's just yeah. an old guy, yeah. Just an old guy who is an owl sometimes who repeats things to you. But and this time he's like a goat daddy. Like this uh, time, yeah, this guy he, I see him and I'm like, I know it's big. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I wanna okay, we have one more five word review of Tears of the Kingdom. This one comes from Amelia Zollner. Amelia is a games writer and she is also a game dev making a game called Garage Sale, which I will link in the description and suggest that people go add on their Steam wish list. Amelia says, gay hat and silly combat, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. I like gay hat because I think I know what gay hat she tweeted about because I saw a tweet about a specifically gay looking hat. But I think any of the hats in this game can be pretty gay. gay looking <laughs> I mean, I have I have a chic disguise on, and like chic is you know just they them excellence. So I think there's a lot of gay hats here. I'm wearing the barbarian helm right now, which I think is still a gay hat. You know, it's definitely giving Link like I don't know like bear like a kind of aggressive dom bear energy, even though he's like the twinkiest twink to ever twink. <laughs> Jesse put on this like light bulb armor for Link because it helps you glow in the dark in the depths. He yeah. put on this light bulb like kind of strappy armor and put uh-huh. on like a gas mask type of thing. And I was like, what kind of fucked up like juggalo rave are you taking Link to? <laughs> like, what what is this fit? Um, yeah, I I love the clothing options. I'm wearing the like snow shirt and the snow hairpiece right now, mm-hmm. but I have not unlocked any pants so i'm still wearing the uh original booty shorts yes. and strappy sandals that go up to the mid calf yeah when i was watching legs out in the snow when i was watching my friend play this game the other day i watched them do like the very beginning of it initially and um they were like they found the short they found the skirt but they didn't find the shirt and so they played the first chunk of they played like the entire initial Grand Island area shirtless because they just didn't find the shirt. And I was like, honestly, it's I, canon to me. <laughs> like it's news to me right now that it, there is a shirt oh, on the really? Great Sky Island yeah. because I like this. The snow shirt is the first shirt I bought. Like I was shirtless for the first 10 plus hours of this game. I love that. All right, guys, I think let's put a pin in this Zelda discussion with the expectation that we're probably going to talk about this oh, more later. There, there's going to um, be so much more. There's going to be so much more. Unless we're not playing any other games of this. This is what we're playing. This, this um, is what we're playing. Yeah. Yeah. 
how about we just work our way out and tell people where they can find us online tweeting about Zelda? Yes, Nathaniel. One side. Yeah. Okay, I listened to the last episode that you guys did. Yeah. And there was the discussion about the Sonic Croc gibbets. Yeah. Um, which you guys kept calling giblets, which is so fucking oh, funny. No, They're no. called but, oh no. But, oh god. There's no L. There's no L, but you're whatever. Right, it's right. funnier to call them giblets. Because is. isn't that like a chicken's neck is, or something? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, god. Yeah. That's where I've heard that word. Oh my god. <laughs> but I was so excited to hear you guys talk about that because I just got my first Crocs, right? Did you? And <gasps> I bought gibbets. And so I wore them so that I can show. This is this is a audio medium, but Noah, if you could d- describe. So this is a black pair of Crocs that has Minecraft gibbets. And I'm seeing a, mo- a zombie, I see a, a creeper. creeper. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's a, an Enderman and then there's a, a Minecraft Steve and an orange one that I can't tell what that is. I don't know who that is. Is that is, girl? But I is that girl it. Steve? That's girl Minecraft Steve. That's wow. femme Steve. No, no that's that awesome. Is fashion. That is fashion. Do you like the Crocs? Are they comfortable? I do like them a lot. Um, Crocs have been on sale on Amazon for a minute, which I hate to plug Crocs. Croc, Crocs send everyone Minecraft Crocs. That's in the uh, podcast right now. Twenty percent discount code for end-based. Um, uh, <laughs> But I, I've been wanting some platform Crocs for a minute, but then I saw these ones. They're called like the Hiker, and so they're platform and like spiky and stompy on the bottom, which I like because yeah. they're big. But they make, they make regular Minecraft ones that have like gigantic gibbets on them, like a, a crafting oh table, God. but it's like a cube that just is sitting on top of your Croc. It's so goddamn yeah. big. And it's like a, they have a crafting table and a chest and a diamond block, and then, like, the grass block, and it's just, they're so gas. So I want to buy another pair of Crocs so that I can take the gibbets and have, like, 10 Minecraft gibbets just on my black stompy Crocs. I'm currently on the Amazon storefront page for Crocs, and um, you know how they have, like, the tabs on the top that are, like, deals, women, men, kids. Uh, one of the first tabs is Armed Forces, and there's a collection called the Crocs U.S. Military Collection, and man, these are these are serving uh those crocs are serving this country. <laughs> so I, I do have a question about the, the comfortability because Yeah. Um This is I great had, audio by the way. I'm I had this. I had crocs in <laughs> third grade because all the girlies had them. You got these purple crocs uh with like flower gibbets. Um mm-hmm. And I got really gross blisters from it, like mm. filled with water, nasty fucking bruises. Perhaps it's because I was wearing them barefoot, which, from my understanding, apparently you're not supposed to. I don't know. Have they improved croc technology, or is I simply wearing them wrong because I was wearing them barefoot? I have only worn my crocs with socks. Okay. okay mm. So I was doing it wrong. Crocs and socks. Yeah. I was raw dogging these crocs. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying I should put my childhood trauma aside. Yeah. Just b- and purchase crocs. Yeah, get some Minecraft crocs and send me the gibbets. Um because I want the crafting table so bad. My friend was like sixty dollars for the Minecraft ones when you just want the gibbets to put on your crocs. He was like, That just sounds like something you gotta swipe off of the uh in store pair. And I was like, Yeah, that's so real. Yeah. 
It does. It does kind of, yeah. Right now I'm looking at a Miami Heat gibbet. And uh, gibbets are effing expensive, y'all. I spent like $21 getting these five Minecraft gibbets. And it's worth oh it God. because it's it's really funny. Honestly, <clears throat> like it's really funny for me to walk around with these. But $21 was just insane. They're, they were like <laughs> $5 each and then it was buy four, get one free. So we're doing a lot of Crocs talk and uh, I'm really expecting Crocs to reach out in the press underscore start dms yeah absolutely i want to get paid for this i'm surprised Um, crocs is gonna go on noah's list with uh the mario movie of things we're not allowed to talk about yeah 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 yeah. hold on i'm just dropping links in the zoom chat right now for the the u.s military gibbets because they're just so funny i feel like i i could fuck with some zelda crocs i i think you could have like a green or Sheikah Slate Brown, and a little Triforce, and a little Ocarina, a little Korok, I think. Bro, the Prisoner of War missing in action gibbet is crazy. What the fuck? The Palmyra the pa- the okay. gibbet. Yes, that's, uh, that's pretty cr- I like the I like the tank. That's my favorite one so far. <laughs> okay, so what we're currently looking at, listeners, are some Crocs that the gibbets are RB-themed. There is a tank gibbet there's a yeah. Hua gibbet. There's a you US the Army one, gibbet. The Palmia one is um, where you gotta look. When you're sorting through the colors, the color that this one is listed as is proud to serve. I like how there's a Betty Crocker gibbet set that's very specific. No, this Amazon item is called Crocs Gibbets 5-Pack Occupation Shoe Charms, Gibbets for Crocs. And I realize now that the occupation is referring to jobs but I definitely thought it meant like the occupation of Iraq. You know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I was like, yeah, we're we're occupying a foreign country. There should be like a, a mission accomplished gibbet. There should be- <laughs> There's like the, the toppled Saddam Hussein statue gibbet. No, I'm like, it's just a George Bush gibbet. Yeah. God. All right, fuck. We need to end this podcast. There- this is going completely off the okay, rails. Okay, we should this. This is going insane. This is going... I feel like whenever we get Noah talking too long, somehow the Iraq war always comes up. Yeah, I'm like this in person too, except it's either, it's uh, depending on how long you're talking to me or how many beers I have in me. After two beers, it's all Dude, I just, I just realized, you know how like dads are like Civil War guys or two guys? <laughs> there's gonna be like, there's gonna be like Iraq guys. Yeah, we yep. have to, we have to reckon with this now. <laughs> That's how I already feel. Any convert, like like I said, I get two beers in, and I'm like, everything that's wrong with the world right now is uh, either Reagan or Bush's fault, and uh, I'll, I'll die on that hill. <laughs> oh god! All right, I'm on Twitter. No underscore hurts. It's spelled H U R T S. Tori, where are you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at Tori underscore as underscore always. Nathaniel, where can Crocs hop in your DMs? I am on Twitter at Nathan based Crocs. Reach out. The show's on Twitter at press underscore start pod. You can email us. Hey, press start at gmail.com. You can leave us reviews on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Thank you to the artist Geist for our, our opening and closing music. Hey, you can listen to more of their stuff at N O A H G E I S T dot bandcamp.com. The show art is by Kai at Wisp graphics. And I think that's everything. I don't know if I want to go to sleep or play Zelda. I'm probably just going to go play Zelda. Any closing thoughts? Or look at look at more gibbets. 
or yeah, look at more gibbets and consider contemplate buying Crocs. Yeah. There have to be illegitimate Zelda gibbets. There definitely are. There definitely are. Do, do you think like Croc gibbet. stands have embraced the fake gibbets or do they keep it? There's got to be a subreddit for this. Legitimate gibbets only. Legitimate, <laughs> it's gotta be like Legos, right? You know, where there's like you can get the fake Legos, the knockoff ones, but yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just not, it doesn't hit the same. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. All right. I'm close. I'm gonna stop this Zoom call before anyone else can say anything else about Crocs. <laughs> okay. No Crocs, <laughs> no Koroks. Yeah, exactly. I'm killing all the fun of this podcast. I need some gibbets for my Koroks. Yeah, there you go. K-A-O-K-O-R-O-C-S. Yeah. All right. This is this is too much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Crocs, support us. Bye.